Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look ahead to the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals, which get underway on Sunday in Cameroon. Lots of predictions for you, and we hear from the city of Douala. Even the locals, you drive around town, all you see is the Afcon in, in the main intersections, the main boulevards. That's coming later, and with 35 English Premier League players at the Nations Cup, Stuart looks at which players will be missed by their clubs the most and which players have a chance to impress at the AFCON so that they get more of a chance at club level. So lots and lots coming up on the show today and the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations starts on Sunday in Cameroon with 24 teams taking part. Algeria are the defending champions and 2019 runners-up Senegal are the number one team on the African rankings but have never won the tournament. The last edition was played in June and July of 2019 in Egypt. That's two and a half years ago and this edition was delayed by a year because of COVID-19. Cameroon should have hosted the 2019 tournament, but it was taken away from them as CAF felt that they were not ready. The Indomitable Lions play Burkina Faso in the opening game on Sunday. That's followed by Ethiopia against Cape Verde on the same day. And Comoros and the Gambia are there for the first time. Star players include Mohamed Salah of Egypt and Liverpool, Sadio Mane of Senegal and Liverpool, Sebastian Haller of Ivory Coast and Ajax, Atraf Hakimi of Morocco and Paris Saint-Germain, and Riyad Mahrez of Algeria and Manchester City. And as Passion for Sport, we'll be bringing you a daily show on the AFCON. It's called Cameroon Roars. You'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. And that's Cameroon Roars every day throughout the Nations Cup. The first show will be available on Saturday morning and then every day from then up to the 10th of February. You can listen to on our app and I'll tell you more about that later on. So I think it's fair to say that while the Nations Cup has been unpopular with European clubs for a long time, as they lose their top African players for up to four weeks or even more when the tournament's played in January and February, this time there's been more criticism than ever, and maybe an unease from the European clubs. There were persistent rumours that the tournament was going to be postponed or even moved to another country. There were accusations that it's not safe in Cameroon because of political instability. And while many sporting events around the world, even the Olympics, attract concerns over preparations and rumours before they start, it was certainly more than usual this time. And the European clubs won a big concession as they were allowed to keep their players up to the 3rd of January, just six days before the tournament instead of the usual 14. And English Premier League club Watford managed to keep their Nigerian striker Emmanuel Dennis using a loophole that Dennis was not in the initial Super Eagle squad but that he was added later. Well, the Arsenal legend Ian Wright posted this on TikTok. Just got a little something on my chest. I've got to ask some people out there. Is there ever a tournament more disrespected, more disrespected than the African Cup of Nations? There's no greater honour, none, as a sports person and representing your country. The coverage is completely tinged with racism, completely tinged. 
we played our Euros across 10 countries in the middle of a pandemic. And there's no issue, no issue at all. But Cameroon, a single country hosting a tournament is a problem. You're getting journalists asking players, like players getting asked if they will be honouring the call-ups for their national teams, if they will be honouring. Imagine if that was an English player representing the Free Lions. Have you ever heard anybody asking an English player, if he'll ever, will he be honouring the call-up? Can you imagine the furore? Loads of the best players in Europe right now are African. And if we love them at club level, why can't we love them at international level like their counterparts from across the globe? Why can't we? Why is this tournament constantly, constantly getting so much flack? I've got to say shout out to the countries that have qualified, the players like Sebastian Haller, who are taking a stand against the media backlash. Plus Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira coming out and speaking about this. And this is, again, why it's important that you do have a black manager who can let people understand where his roots are and how important this tournament is for, for African people. The shaming has gone on for too long. I just want to wish Cameroon all the success with hosting this tournament. And like I say to the players, all the very, very best to you and the fans. That's Ian Wright. He posted that uh, on his TikTok. So the question there, Aida, is there ever a tournament more disrespected than the Africa Cup of Nations? Without a doubt, Steve, the Africa Cup of Nations has to be the most disrespected tournament out there. I mean, Watford, of course, being, you know, one of if not the most disrespectful club currently, because on top of them getting to keep Nigeria's Dennis, don't forget they'd also brought so much drama and so much back and forth, you know, to do with Senegal's Ismail Assar. Now, they first bluntly said that they would not release him, but blamed it on injury. And it wasn't until the Senegalese Football Federation actually fought back, you know, that the club released Sar. And in the process, even went against the concession, you know, it's it's actually ludicrous that the clubs had got to keep the African players no later than the 3rd of January. And Watford manager Ranieri, of course, you know, trying to absolve himself and saying that, look, that these sorts of decisions are way above him. But Steve, it reeks of disrespect from Jorgen Klopp, you know, calling the Nations Cup a quote unquote little tournament. Remember that? Uh, despite him dubiously trying to defend himself later to the European Club Association writing to CAF when it was informing CAF that it had no plans to release African players for the Afghan. And this was way before the concession was reached. I mean, all this is a lot. And speaking of the concession, you know, can you imagine, you know, really imagine the teams having less than a week to gel and integrate before kickoff? We're talking national football here. And even going back to what you've mentioned, Steve, you know that the rumors this time round were simply just too much. I mean, yes, we're used to doubts before a tournament. And look, they're not baseless. In African football, we've seen countries stripped of hosting rights with months to go. So, yes, absolutely, we get it. We understand. But this has been on a whole new level, you know. Even something as simple as Googling the Afghan and all you get is the negative side of this event, you know, and you compare that, let's say, with Googling the Euros prior to kickoff last year, totally different. And this can't all be by chance. And that's where I really support Ian Wright, you know, that there has been a systemic undermining of this competition 
from as many stakeholders as you can imagine, Steve. And sure, you know, with the Euros, one can argue, you know, that it happened in the ideal time, the quote-unquote off-season, if you will, June to July. But Steve, just look at the logistics of having it across so many countries, 10 countries. And during a pandemic, as mentioned, no one batted an eyelid. And don't forget that the predominant variant during that time was Delta, which was much deadlier, granted much deadlier than the Omicron, which is happening now, which, of course, as we've seen, is averagely mild. And still, all the articles, all the news pieces were about the excitement, you know, ahead of the Euros, not the danger that the tournament would be posing. But look, at the end of the day, I would also argue that CAF is amongst those who have undermined the Afghan as well. Steve, and it could just totally be me on this, but the continental body also doesn't help its case. I mean, there is a, you know, a certain uncertainty, if you will, and unsurety that CAF moves with that doesn't necessarily bolster its image globally. But all in all, uh, one thing you can always count on <laughs> is for Ian Wright to speak his mind, which I absolutely love. And credit as well to everyone who has stood up for the AFCON, from Sebastian Haller to Patrick Vieira to everyone who has defended the importance of this showpiece tournament. I, for one, am glad it's happening. Yes, indeed. And uh, after all the rumours and the negativity, the Africa Cup of Nations is kicking off as planned this Sunday. Well, thanks, Ida. Stay with us and let's now go to Cameroon and hear how things are. Uh, Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Bar is based in the Gambia and he's covering the Scorpions in Cameroon. I spoke to Mamadou when he was in the city of Douala on his way to Limbe. I asked how it is there. The atmosphere, it's all building up to the big kickoff on Sunday. Um, Cameroonians are ready um, from the airport. We have everything, is, the branding is all about the AFCON, the Africa Cup of Nations 2021. Even the locals, you drive around town, all you see is the AFCON in, in the main intersections, the main boulevards. And um, even, the, even the conversations that I have been able to have um, at the airport, even at the at the hotel that I am here in Douala, um, people asking me where are you from. Are you here for the Afcon? Someone in the in the hotel asked me if I think the Indomitable Lions will be able to uh, to win at home here. So they're really ready, and around town you can you can really feel it. You can really feel that um, Cameroonians are excited about hosting them, uh, the delayed Africa Cup of Nations. Right, so the Gambia qualifying is one of the big stories of the tournament. Uh, how have the preparations been, Mamadou? Well, the pre-Afghan preparations of the Scorpions didn't go according to plan. They travelled to Doha um, for a 10-day training camp and where they lined up two friendlies against Algeria and, and Syria. Um, the two matches were later cancelled after some COVID cases within the Gambian camp and also missing out on nine players who, who couldn't travel to Doha. Club engagements, two players tested positive, even ever from Banjul, other two players couldn't travel because they are not fully vaccinated. So the team returned to Banjul, so the preparations hasn't been great. Um, it's unfortunate that um, COVID really disrupted um, the Scorpions' Afghan preparations. So it's a difficult build-up for the Gambia then. So what are the expectations of the Scorpions fans? 
Well, the fans expect nothing but a respectable performance from the team, even though the, the preparation hasn't gone according to plan. But um, Gambian fans are, are really passionate about their team. And when the team um, plays Mauritania on Wednesday, they would be expecting their team to do well and, and hopefully win. But um, also the fans are weary of the fact that this is the first time Gambia is qualifying. They are in uncharted territory. But um, the last few years, they've shown that they can be very competitive. And the fans will be hoping that even with the difficult preparations that they had, the team would be competitive uh, when they kick off against uh, Mauritania on Wednesday. So the Gambia are playing in Group F. That's the last group kicking off. That's on Wednesday. That's Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Bar in Douala. And it sounds like football-crazy Cameroon is excited about the tournament, which they last hosted an incredible 50 years ago, uh, back in 1972. So the Gambia and Comoros qualified for the first time in their history. Malawi made it for a third time. Mauritania have qualified twice in a row. And Guinea-Bissau three times in a row. On the other hand, a big guns, DR Congo and South Africa failed to qualify. Uh, so, Ida, with 24 teams, some are saying that the standard of football might not be so high in the group stage, although it does give more teams a chance to play at the tournament. Steve, that's what people said last time until Madagascar showed almost everyone dust. Remember that? On the way to getting to the quarterfinal on their debut tournament. So it's a shame that they didn't make it for this Afghan, but safe to say, you know, that they left a lasting legacy from 2019. However, it will be interesting, you know, to see whether African countries will be able to host 24-team Afghans moving forward. I mean, already 16 teams has been hard enough, and um, you've seen Cameroon really struggling at some point with the logistics of a 24-team tournament. And initially, CAF had defended the move to 24 teams, you know, under the more games, more broadcast revenue concept. But look, since the numbers for their deal with Sky haven't been officially released, then, you know, while this looks good, it's also pretty much, you know, it remains in the air. And another interesting thing to look out for, Steve, is if courtesy of more matches, then if we will see the Golden Boot winner actually get more than five goals, I mean, no top scorer of the competition has registered more than five goals since the 1998 edition. That was when uh, Benny McCarthy and Hossam Hassan scored seven goals each. But the all-time record is one set by Zaire's Ndaye Mulamba. That was for nine goals. And that was all the way back in 1974. Steve, I say this because the last Golden Boot winner was Odio Nigalo from Nigeria. He scored five last time out in Egypt. And it was also the first time in five Afghans that anyone had scored that much. And we could only relate it to the fact that there were more games, you know. So can that elusive barrier be broken? I mean, with big teams such as Senegal, you know, facing the likes of Zimbabwe and Malawi... I don't know. We'll see. But it is interesting to think about. Yes, and we'll come back to that one as the tournament reaches its closing stages, no doubt. Thanks, Ida. Let's get some predictions now here on Planet Sport Football Africa, the show brought to you by Passion for Sport. Last week on social media, we asked, who do you think will win and why? And as you would imagine, a lot of the predictions were made with great patriotism. So Mada Sheku in Sierra Leone goes for his country. And Bessem Mansarai and Salifu Kabgo are also right behind their country, Sierra Leone. 
Uh, Michael Elema Yehu in Ethiopia says Ethiopia will be a miracle. Mark my words, says Michael. Emmanuel Owura Jr. in Ghana goes for his Black Stars, and Eniola in Lagos goes for Nigeria. In the host nation, Fan Chris in Cameroon says we're complete from goalkeeper to attacker. Remember, we have the highest goal scorer in the Europa League. That's Carl Toko Ikambi, and the big boys are Eric Maxim Chopo Mating, and also Frank Zambo Angisa are around. Says Fan Chris. We heard from Mali from Nuhum Bagayoko, who says, "I'm going for my country, Mali, because we have young, talented players, the likes of Musa Genepo and Eve Besuma, Amadou Haidara, and others, and many more who are under the age of 30." And again, Cameroon has been a better place for us in football because we've been runners-up twice in big competitions in the Africa Cup of Nations in 1972 and the Chan in 2021.、Uh, but this time, 2022, my dream is to. Win it. Good luck to Mali, says Nuhum Bagayoko. In the Gambia, Yaps Sambu and Saja Aliu Bikonte say the Gambia will win it, even though it's our first time in the competition.、Uh, but Kebet Jalong Sane in the Gambia says Senegal will win it. All the best to my Scorpions.、Uh, we have a chance, but I don't think that we can win it. And、uh, Kebet says Senegal can take it because they have a lot of young, talented stars playing in the top leagues of Europe week in and week out. Uh, Nuha Giba in the Gambia also says, "I think Senegal have a bigger chance of winning because their team is full of world-class players, and with Mendy in goal and Sadio Mane up front of my beloved Liverpool leading the line, they can be dangerous to play against." Also tipping Senegal is Jik Borizo in Cameroon and Buom David Dak in Ethiopia. And Afewak Alamayehu Awasho in Ethiopia says, "Yes, it's got to be Sadio Mane's Senegal."、Uh, Winnie in Kenya goes for the Taranga Lions too. Then Enoch Kwaku in Ghana makes a prediction, but doesn't tell us who he thinks will win. Enoch says Egypt will get to the final, but they will lose there. And Man Eben in Ghana is a rather sceptical about his team.、Uh, he says Ghana will surely be victorious, as we have a potent striker in the shape of dot dot dot. In other words, Man pointing out、uh, that Ghana do have、uh, striking problems and that they could be their weakness. A、uh, Scot in Cameroon says Egypt will win the 2021 Afcon, and also predicting Egypt is a David Iofa who's in Nigeria. Ocha Ifai in Nigeria goes for Algeria, and finally Belong Baji in the Gambia also goes for the defending champions, saying the Algerian team is always in a great playing mood. They've got great attacking potentials, a great midfield with the ability to timely block passes, easing pressure on the defence, which makes me think they stand a better chance of winning. Says Belong. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. A great discussion there. So Senegal, the most popular choice, I must say for me too. I'm going to predict Senegal, although they've never won it before.、Uh, their squad is so strong. Perhaps this could be their chance. Well, this week on social media, indeed throughout the Africa Cup of Nations, we're taking your comments on a day-to-day -day basis. We'll be posting daily questions on our social media, looking for your reaction、uh, as the games are played and as the results come in. So do check our social media throughout the tournament. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart on the English Premier League clubs that will be affected most by the Africa Cup of Nations. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And a reminder that as Passion for Sport, we're bringing you a daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations. It's called Cameroon Roars. The first show is on this Saturday and then every day throughout the tournament. You can listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. It's called Cameroon Roars. Every day throughout the AFCON, all about the excitement of the tournament. And a really good way to listen is on the Planet Sport Football Africa app, uh, which you can download by going to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and entering Planet Sport Football Africa. And our first show is on Saturday morning and then every morning throughout the tournament. So there are high expectations for many teams going into the Nations Cup, especially for Guinea, as the country's interim president, Colonel Mamadi Doumbouya, has told the players to win the AFCON or to reimburse all the money invested in them. Uh, the Silly Nationale are at the Nations Cup for a 13th time. Their best performance was back in 1976 when they were runners-up. Now, despite never having won the competition, Colonel Dumbuya uh, says he wants the team to go all out for victory as they're led by Liverpool star Naby Keita. And they're in Group B alongside Senegal, Malawi and Zimbabwe. Uh, but is the pressure too much? Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu looks at the pressure of winning and how we can all be winners with faith. Professional sportsmen and women are used to pressure. In elite performance, it comes with the territory. They push themselves daily in training to improve their speed, agility, precision and performance, so that when their big moment arrives, they can perform at the height of their powers. That tiny percentage improvement can make all the difference between success and failure. Good coaches know just how hard to push the young men and women who they work with to make them the best they can be. And there's a whole heap of other pressures too. On top of the pressure the coach brings and the athlete puts on themselves, there's public expectation and the passion of supporters, there's national or local pride, and that's not to mention commercial pressures, the requirements of sponsors, club owners and sporting authorities. All the same, some pressures come unexpectedly, like when Colonel Mamadi Dumbuya Interim president of Guinea told the players on his national team that if they did not win the Africa Cup of Nations, he would expect them to reimburse every fee invested in them. That's a massive extra pressure for a team that has never won the tournament and whose best performance was way back in 1976 when they finished runners-up. Presumably, the colonel felt this motivational talk would inspire his country's players to achieve success. But it's a tall order, even for a team that is led by Liverpool star Naby Keita. And there can only be one winner, can't there? And 23 losers, in the case of the AFCON. But being a follower of Jesus Christ is different. Even though it's a challenge, 24-7, and every day of the year, Discipleship is hard and sacrifice is part of the package, but God has provided everything a believer needs. In the Bible, Paul says to the church of Philippi that he's confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So for followers of Jesus, while we face the pressures of daily living, we can have confidence that God is at work in us 
and that he will complete the work he has started. When we stumble, we can know God's forgiveness because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Our past has been dealt with, our future is secure, and Jesus promises to be with us every step of the way in the present. We'll have to see who wins the Africa Cup of Nations, but following Jesus means you are already a winner. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for you. So that look at success from Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. You can read more on this on our website in the blog section. That's on planetsport.tv and click on the blog section on the right. Right, let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK now. And uh, Stuart, uh, looking at the Africa Cup of Nations, uh, many clubs will be affected in the English Premier League and uh, I guess Liverpool the most. Yes, Steve, 35 Premier League players have been chosen to play in the AFCON and will potentially be absent for up to four weeks. Only Tottenham, Leeds, Newcastle United, Norwich are unaffected. And as you say, Liverpool arguably more affected than anyone because they lose their two main strikers, Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Compare Manchester City. Now, brilliant player that Riyad Mahrez is, it's difficult to think that City will be fretting over his absence with a squad of 30 international players, several who play in the same position, to choose from. Crystal Palace is another club uh, that will be without three players who are regularly in the first team. Cheko Koyati, Wilfred Zaha and Jordan Ayew. And that's tough for a club there that doesn't have a massive first-team squad. Watford will lose four players. Ismaila Saar, William Trust Ekong, Adam Messina and Imran Luza. And for Watford battling relegation to lose four players will be a real challenge. Burnley only lose one player, Maxwell Corney, but he has scored five Premier League goals this season, and goals are something that Burnley desperately need at the moment. And the other club particularly affected would be Leicester City, with Wilford Ndidi, Kelechi Ehenecho, Daniel Almarty, and Nampes Mende. But it also seems to me that going to the AFCON is a real opportunity for career advancement for at least 10 players. We could start with two young Tunisians, Omar Rekic of Arsenal and Hannibal Meshbri at Manchester United. Rekic is 20 and is yet to play in the Arsenal first team. Meshbri got one substitute appearance in the Premier League for Manchester United last season. And there's no doubt that Premier League coaches will be watching the AFCON as all the games are on live television here. And it's a great opportunity for these two young players to show their employers what they can offer. Similarly, uh, Brighton's Ulrich Emi Ella is in the Gabon squad. And he would love to show Brighton uh, something of what he can deliver. And I also think there are five experienced Premier League players who've struggled for game time this season. In fact, the five players have between them had one start in the Premier League. Another opportunity for them. I'm thinking of Willie Bully, Wolves and Ivory Coast, Mohamed El Neni, Egypt and Arsenal, Bertrand Traore, Burkina Faso and Aston Villa, Trezeguet, Egypt and Aston Villa, and Nampis Mendy at uh, Leicester City and Senegal. Now, those five players have 300 Premier League games between them, but only one this season. And I suspect those players, as well as wanting to impress their clubs, will be delighted just to be playing. 
And dare I add to that list Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a world-class player who seems to have communicated to Arsenal a loss of interest and a lack of discipline, which is likely to result in him leaving the Gunners. A good AFCON would help his chances to move to a top club. But then there's Patsendaka, Leicester City Zambian. He's not going to the AFCON, but he may see it as a great opportunity that Leicester are losing four players, and that may be an opportunity for him to get more Premier League starts. Going back to 2015... Yaya Torre left Manchester City to go and play in the AFCON and he commented afterwards that he had left Manchester City favourites for the league championship about to embark on their FA Cup campaign and returned four weeks later to find that City had not won a game in his absence they'd picked up two points out of nine in the league and had been knocked out of the FA Cup and they finished the season without a trophy So many Premier League Africans will be nervously following the fortunes of their team back home, hoping on the one hand that the team wins, but at the same time worried that their replacements don't perform so well that it'll be hard to get back in the starting lineup. So there's a lot going on under the surface for Premier League players at the AFCON. So lots at stake. Thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. A reminder about our daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations called Cameroon Roars. Starting this Saturday, you can listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.